Welcome to the Father Jim Willig Gospel Teachings Podcast, presented by Heart to Heart, a Catholic media ministry. Father Jim was a well-known and much-loved diocesan priest from Cincinnati, Ohio. Inspired by God's Word, for many years, Father Jim presented a weekly Bible study on the Sunday Gospels. In 2001, Father Jim went home to the Lord after a battle with cancer, but his recordings and teachings live on to inspire thousands. First, we hear from Father Jim's good friend, Jesuit priest, Father Michael Sparrow, who opens this podcast by proclaiming the gospel reading. Then, Father Jim's illuminating gospel teaching follows. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them, where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, The star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Last week, following the great celebration of Christmas, I had the marvelous opportunity of making a week's retreat at the Abbey of Gethsemane. I felt like I was right there with the wise men themselves. And one of the memorable uh, points of my week's retreat was minutes meditation before one of the 
bronze statues on the grounds of Gethsemane. It's a statue of Mary holding up the Christ child. Hands are open and extended as if to welcome and embrace the whole wide world. Underneath this bronze statue was the plaque that read the title, The Epiphany. And my retreat was something like that, as I hope it will be for all of us uh, this time together today. It was a tiny epiphany of Mary holding up Jesus for us to see and to enjoy. This is what epiphany means. It's a Greek word taken from that word epiphania that means manifestation or revelation. Epiphany is that feast which we celebrate where Jesus was made manifest or revealed to the whole wide world. For Matthew, whose gospel alone we have this story, this was a very important theme that would be developed throughout the entirety and come to a culmination at the very conclusion of his gospel that Jesus comes for all nations. As at the end of the gospel, Jesus sends his disciples with that good news to make disciples of all nations. So Epiphany is like a little Christmas, if you will. In fact, it's sometimes called that, you know. Christ comes to us in simple, humble, and beautiful ways. Did you know in some countries, in fact, such as Italy, Epiphany is the day in which they give gifts. If you think about it, this is a really fine tradition insofar as this is the day we commemorate the wise men bringing their gifts to the Christ. And, of course, we do that today by the gift exchange to each other. I hope that this gospel will be a gift, our gift of the Christ coming to us. As we look now and try to get in the, what I like to say, get the inside story, right? Get inside the story so that hopefully we can begin to see ourselves in our journey to Jesus too. So as we join these wise men, the first question we might ask is, who are these guys that we sometimes call the three kings, don't we? Well, to begin with, they're not necessarily three, and they're certainly not kings. That's to say from the start that Matthew calls them astrologers, or they're sometimes referred to as magi. They're not three. Notice Matthew never tells us how many they are. In fact, the early Eastern tradition named 12 magi, or astrologers, which would be closer probably to the truth because they would have traveled in some kind of caravan coming that long distance. And presumably they would maybe have the company of women too. So we want to be speaking of wise men and women, perhaps. And they certainly weren't kings, although they probably they came to be seen as such because of the gifts of gold that they brought. But we will realize later on that these are more symbolic gifts. I guess tradition, because of those three gifts, then began to simplify it and see them as three astrologers or three visitors from the East. And a much later legend even named them, can you guess? Casper, Melchior, and Balthazar. 
I had to research to find out myself. So They are sometimes, as I said, called the Magi. Uh, coming from a Greek word, magos, that referred to a priestly class in Persia. These, they would be men in this priestly class, were well-educated in philosophy and in medicine and various sciences. They were also very educated in astronomy, which was an important study back then and there. And most of their contemporaries who were the educated academic circles would have studied astronomy because they believed that the stars foretold the future. More importantly, even one's destiny is foretold under the star in which they are born. But not to be too confused with astrology today of the occult. Rather, we would see these priestly class of men to be holy and good men who truly were most of all wise men in search of the truth, even as the wise men and women today are forever on this search and study for the truth. The question we would do well to ask is what led these wise men and or women to the Christ child. First, we must say what led them was their own search for wisdom. And isn't that what leads many of us to the Lord? How often we've heard people tell us how they have been away from the church for a number of years, but they're searching, more often soul-searching, sometimes church-searching. And after only many years of journeying, they come to what they would call home where they experience the Lord. We might see these men on such a journey of faith, such a search for truth. And in a sense, then, they're models for us. They would remind all of us how we can discover the Lord today only if we're willing to make the same journey do the same soul searching, the same kind of study. And how do we come to that? The second point, the thing that really guides these wise men is the star of Bethlehem. What is that star? Which for Matthew was a very important feature in his story. I would see it or interpret it as the guiding light of their faith that guiding light that leads us to the Lord. I'm sure you know of such guiding lights in your life. Bright people who shine and radiate a certain brilliance or goodness and, as it were, inspire us and lead us to become like them or want what they have, the Lord that's in them. There are people who are truly guiding lights the Lord gives us that lead us to Him. And finally, I wouldn't want us to miss this point. These magi from the East came to know and encounter the Lord because they inquired where the Lord was and studied the sacred scripture. It was in the scripture and their own, if you will, Bible study, 
that they were able to determine where this Messiah was to be born. Whenever we ourselves come with a searching mind to study the Scripture, we find there the place where the Lord always comes as a guide to us. As we learn about the Lord, we can experience the Lord. We should never miss the point that when we proclaim the gospel at church, we begin by saying, the Lord be with you, and indeed he is. For whenever we open up the Bible, we open up the door for God to come to us. Whenever we open up the gospel, as we try to open it up here in our own minds, in our own study, we open up our hearts to receiving Jesus, in a sense, in this epiphany. It's my prayer and hope anyway, that every Wednesday noon is literally lunch with the Lord, is a tiny epiphany of God making himself manifest to us and how he works, how he comes to us, how he blesses us today. I believe with all my heart that this is what Jesus wants. Right here, right now, a tiny epiphany coming to us as we hold him up to speak to us, to heal us, to help us, to give us whatever it is our hearts, our lives need this time. The Bible is that compass, if you will, that always points us in the right direction. If only we learn to take hold of that more often. It is my greatest hope. In fact, I was praying a lot about this this week at On Retreat. Lord, what is it you want me to do? And I just share this with you, that what I heard in the weeks of prayer, being on retreat, about the Lord's mission for me, is to promote gospel study, to promote the reading and reflecting on the gospel, believing and trusting that when people read and reflect and pray with the scripture, then Jesus will be with them. He will come to them and he will lead them to himself. And that's why I'm so, so convinced that what we are doing here is truly a holy epiphany. Right now, even as I speak. But of course, we look to these wise men to see how we must respond. It's not enough just to read the scriptures, as I'll mention momentarily. But the wise men, hearing then, where the scriptures were directing them, taking that as their map and their guide, set out to seek the Lord, and they found him. Just as the scriptures foretold, the Messiah would be in Bethlehem. Just as we will discover how the Lord comes to us as the scriptures suggest he will, in humble and simple ways. And what did they do? They then prostrated themselves. Can you picture them? Kneeling down realizing that they were on holy ground in a holy moment before the holy of holies themselves and did him homage. They were moved to worship him. They came not maybe initially as tourists, but found themselves now as pilgrims, not just searching out of curiosity, but moved by a deep spirituality. They knew they were experiencing something so profound, it literally brought them to their knees. You could sense this 
experience of the holy that was moving in them as they offered then the gift that they were themselves, symbolized in first gold, representing the recognition that Jesus was the king, king of all creation. Thus the gold is that gift honoring his royalty, his dignity of the king. Secondly, frankincense, which you may know was burned as incense every day in the temple. It was, and still to this day, a symbol of worship, as was, we need to understand, I, we don't imagine they brought incense all that way, you know, but what they brought was their worship, you see. What they brought was a realization they were kneeling before the king of creation. And finally, what they brought, oddly, was the gift of myrrh, which you know is to be a certain oil that embalms the body of the dead, which would be uh, symbolic of how later Jesus would be embalmed as women, the wise and holy women, anointed his body right, and placed him in the tomb. And and so this is a symbol of Jesus recognized as the Savior of the world who sacrificed himself for us. As we look at these wise men, we can't help but also take a, a glance to the other characters of the gospel. It's just interesting to notice everybody, like these characters on a stage as drama unfolds, because we want to see ourselves somewhere here too, you know. This drama is being developed and lived out even today. And we see most most critical to the history of the story is the character of Herod, Herod the Great, a well-known king at that time. And he and the, and the Magi stand worlds apart in their response to the Christ child. Herod responds initially with hypocrisy, expressing this hypocritical interest in this coming to pay this Christ child homage to, but knowing that's simply a pretense. Really, as we later learn, he responded with great hostility. Something about this Christ, the king, threatened this man in his own sense of power. Today, who are the Herods? We'd have to ask that question, you know. Are not the same Herods in the very gospel, the people who will later again plot against Jesus and his death because they're threatened by him? And are there not people today that are really threatened when we talk about Christ or want to bring him a prayer into the schools or the subject of religion up or ask the question, what would the Lord want? There are people who are threatened by our religious conversion or religious interest or our own fervor of faith and want to plot against that, strategize or politicize. You know what I mean? You recognize that there's a, there's a tendency in all of us, not just in certain few of us. And then again, we see the chief priests and the scribes. They're the most fascinating characters for me, especially as a priest, because they knew right where to look in the scriptures to tell these astrologers where to discover the Lord but isn't it fascinating that it didn't move them to join them? Isn't it interesting 
that they intellectually knew the scriptures. They intellectually knew about the Lord, but they did not come to personally or intimately know the Lord, as the Lord must be known. Why is it, we must ask, that they did not seek out the Lord if they knew where he was to be born? We'd have to say that these chief priests, maybe, not unlike some of us priests or religious people today, were intelligent, but not wise. They were well-informed, but were not transformed. Brothers and sisters, the very purpose of the scriptures that we continually study is to not simply inform, but to truly transform us. It must move us from here to apply it in our life. We must, after we have searched and studied scriptures here Wednesday noon, to go back to work, to go back to home, to go back to our family, to go back to our friends, and find the Lord and bring the Lord and share the Lord, or it does us no good whatsoever. We must be challenged by these characters in the gospel. So the ultimate question is, how will we respond as we search the scriptures today? Will we wisely seek out those who are a guiding light to us in life? Will we wisely take this gospel to heart? Take this scripture I've given you, take it home, reflect on it more, and do whatever it tells you to do and leads you to do? Will we wisely come to offer the gift of ourself, our worship of the Lord, our love for the Lord, Will it bring us on our knees and lead us to a new life? I think the most interesting line of this gospel may be the last line. Matthew wisely, perhaps, informs us that once the astrologers saw, experienced the Lord, they received a message in a dream, not to return to Herod, and so they went back to their country by another route. Perhaps this different route home could suggest a real different way of life, a different course in going about their life, their work, and their business. Maybe it suggests, as it, I would hope for all of us, a different journey that that focuses us on what we really need to be focused on, the journey to Jesus, the journey of faith, the journey to holiness and service to the Lord. Will we be the wise men and women who will now take up this journey? That is the question that Matthew would ask of us. Thank you for listening to Father Jim's Gospel Teaching. We hope you have been inspired and will subscribe to this weekly podcast and share it with your family and friends. 
The mission of Heart to Heart is to proclaim the good news of God's Son, Jesus, to the entire world. For more inspirational teachings by Father Jim and Father Michael, visit our website, www.htoh.us. May God bless your heart and the hearts of all your loved ones.